0: With five days left in the month, it looks like House Republicans are leading toward a U.S. government shutdown. The divisions within the party have left them unable to agree on how much to cut spending, let alone pass a bill to send to the Senate. An extended shutdown could cause serious damage to the economy at a time when auto workers are striking and gasoline prices are rising. What's your prediction for how quickly they will come to a deal, and what would the effects be if they take longer than that? look
1: it it you know this is amazing that this is back on the on the front burner we all know the dysfunctions in washington and what's going on if you look at the yield complex right treasuries continue to move upwards in stance and i'm wondering if that's not because the markets are interpreting that uh we do have a a shutdown here um you know you're you're in a in an odd period in that you know to to our, our podcast last week right you have the uaw going out on strike you have inflation numbers. looks like the consumer is finally slowing down. Inflation numbers, though, are kind of remaining sticky with energy, you know, above $90 a barrel. Um, so what does this do? Uh, maybe it is pushing uh, long-term rates a little bit higher here uh, in, because the, the markets are worried about this happening. So um, what will it do to the economy? I mean, look, we've had periods, I think, like 1996, you were out for 25 days, something like that. Uh, we've had periods where the government was shut down. I think you have to look at the biggest expenses, um, which are drivers of debt, whether it's uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. Um, you know, the, we spent like three trillion dollars on those programs alone last year. So uh, what what is the funding like? Look, when you have to compile debt and there's slow payments on there. Yeah, it's definitely going to go through the economy. Um, but I you know, this goes back to the core issue of Fitch's downgrade to U.S. debt. About our dysfunction uh, and and how we can't even you know we can't even solve these issues and come up with longer term spending bills. I mean, this is what's taking up all the time in D.C. now and really preventing uh, us from you know working on the bigger picture and working on getting down our deficits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, nothing good comes of this. Um, I hope they solve it sooner rather than later, just for the sake of the value of our debt. Uh, and the global, uh, as well as domestic holders of that debt, right?
2: Yeah, this is clearly a situation where long-term yields are rising, and it's due to the inability of our two parties to come to some form of an agreement. They continuously go to the 11th hour, whether it be the debt ceiling deal, which by the way, if we do go into a government shutdown right now, it triggers a 1% spending cut across the board irregardless of whether they come to some sort of a budget agreement due to the agreements that were made during the debt ceiling negotiations. And what you said about Fitch's downgrade is 100% right. They can't come to the table and get any agreements done in a reasonable time frame. And it increases the probability of yet another downgrade. I mean, from a fundamental standpoint, in terms of functionality and the government paying its debt, as long as they continue to raise the debt ceiling, that's not necessarily at risk. But unfortunately, we're in a position where the politicians can't agree on certain fundamental factors that are necessary for both our government and our economy to continue
1: pushing forward. So do you
0: think we're going to have a shutdown? It's
1: going to get close, man. Um, Again, I, I would hope we don't um, but hope's not a strategy. It seems like it's it's Friday, right? Friday or Saturday?
2: Saturday. It, the it last doesn't minute. seem like they're. It seems like they're too far apart at this yeah. point in time, right now. I mean, a lot of things can happen between now and then, but a lot has to get agreed upon, and it seems like the sides, at least based off of the preliminary proposals, are very far apart.
0: So, what's the initial effect if the um, if they do go north shutdown?
1: Look, I mean, I, you have for the effects to hit the economy you have about a month something like that right to michael's point the one percent cuts kick in etc cetera, etc cetera. again my long-term fear right is the the rating of u.s debt and and why it was downgraded by fitch last time and and what the effect on the dollar uh would be globally I mean, the dollar's been okay here holding up um and what would the effect be on that? And, and then what would the effect be on our ratings on bonds? That is so crucial, uh, especially as when you look at our deficits out there and you look at our spending and our percentage of debt to GDP. Um, to have our debt go down in ratings is not good. It, it, that that long term uh, is to me that could be the biggest loser here.
2: The stakes are a lot higher right now. There's more debt. Interest rates are higher. The cost of service that debt is greater and we can't come to some in any form of an agreement whatsoever. So it's a it's clearly a negative, even though, as you mentioned, from an economic standpoint, unlikely that this is going to have a significant. You know,
1: impact. actually stick on that. for and, and and one one thing here, right, aside from the Fed getting ready, um, you know, probably, you know, again, jawboning rates higher. Now, you have energy kicking in a little bit higher, consumers starting to slow down. You're going to have to go one or two more times, maybe one more time, right, with with rates. Now you have this kicking in, right? Are you you going to hit a capitulation point in the the 10-year, right, where rates start to top out around here? I mean, historically, rates have topped out uh, right before, right as the Fed is done raising rates, which makes sense, but usually a little bit before here. So you got that 10-year treasury yesterday at 4.54, a four, um, little bit off today, 4.5, something like that, 4.49. Does that you know move a little bit higher? And is that about it, short-term, short-term, all things being equal, right? No other changes in inflation or input, just looking at the, the short-term narrative. Are we topping out here on rates with this threat of government shutdown, which would drive rates higher as well? So interesting to keep an eye on. That's what our team will
0: be doing. So what's going to happen with stocks if it shuts down?
2: Well, if we see a more meaningful shutdown, I think that there's that significant level of uncertainty associated with a particular shutdown, right? Stocks aren't going to like that variable. And we are also in that weak seasonal period. We are in the weakest seasonal period of the year in the time period between Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom Kippur. So, I mean, also you have the month of September, which is always associated with hot heightened levels of volatility. So, is it reasonable to see the markets wobble a little bit as a result of the potential looming shutdown?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, because shutdown
1: would be worth about
0: a thousand points on the Dow. Thousand points. Okay. Seven hundred to a thousand. Well, meanwhile, if the government isn't causing enough problems, the Federal Reserve last week said it will keep interest rates higher or longer than the market anticipated and would likely raise rates at least one more time this year. This led the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite to post their worst weeks since March, falling 2.8% and 3.5% respectively. They're now both headed for their worst monthly decline since December and the worst quarter in a year. Meanwhile, the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, as you're talking about, hit a high yield of 4.5 on Friday, an increase of more than 30 basis points in three weeks. Tech stocks in particular have taken a beating as investors take risk off the table for guaranteed yields. So what can investors do to protect themselves? Well, if anybody's
2: realistically surprised about what the Federal Reserve, in particular Powell, said, they haven't been paying attention. The Federal Reserve is more than likely going to keep rates higher for longer. And what the Fed continues to do is shift expectations out in 2024 because Wall Street continues to expect a rate cut sometime in early twenty-four, and Powell continues to shift those expectations out farther. And I think that with oil above $90 a barrel, this should come as even less as a, of a surprise to people because now we are in the period of time where the significant base effect runoff which means when you compare accelerating inflation in 2022 to kind of like stagnating pricing in 2023, that just means inflation is going to stair-step lower. But what this particularly means is U.S. Treasuries on the short end of the yield curve are paying 5.5% right now for you to just sit there and collect yield. Now, you're also in an environment in a situation where earnings have not considerably grown for the S&P 500 in a year well considerably blown they're down on a year-over-year basis now with this looming government shutdown you have a third potential because you're talking about spending cuts so there's not a lot really to push and drive gdp especially when you take into consideration exactly what phil said earlier about the consumer being close to tapped out so all these variables combined together i mean there's nothing wrong with sitting and waiting in like high yielding treasuries right now waiting for a a, a fatter pitch in terms of the markets going down so as you see that volatility you have to assess and digest the rest the the justification behind it and determine whether you're at a reasonable buy point because when you take into consideration risk adjusted rates of return and Treasuries yielding five and a half percent you have to be compensated in excess of five and a half percent to take that risk so you need to understand that your returns have to be higher in those equity markets than five and a half percent in order to justify taking that risk when you can basically be parked on the short end of the yield curve, yielding a pretty healthy uh, interest rate right now.
0: So what's five and a half percent? Three months?
2: Pretty much almost everything uh, up to one year out. When you go out two years, I believe it's closer to 5.2, 5.25% right now, but even the 10 years at four and a half percent. I mean, and, and again, these-
1: <clears throat> when, you, when you look long-term, right, I mean, go. I mean, really long term, right? Go to the history of the United States. Go back to 1790. Uh, you look at our ten-year debt; it's average right around four and a half percent. You know, some years a little bit higher, some years a little bit lower. Um, but again, this is healthy for stocks, right? This is healthy long term for the economy. Rates were never meant to be zero. You're going to have the oh shit moment, pardon the French, uh, as rates rise right here um, in this juncture because you know everything looked Goldilocks, right? up until two weeks ago. Now it doesn't. Again, to your point, Michael, seasonal time of year for weakness. Um, but as we get through this season and as, you know, if rates do top out and you have that, you know, oh shoot moment, um, I think that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll end the year uh, should the story continue back where we were, let's say pre-August, right? Um, but I don't see much more. I mean, that really for two years, that means the markets haven't done anything and haven't moved. Exposing yourself, looking at your asset allocation on that fixed income side, to me is more important than ever. Our firm economic market update is in the first uh, two weeks of November. We hope to see you there. And when we look out at that, um, part of our discussion will be, you know, hey, let's reexamine our total strategic asset allocation. And you know, if we ran retirement uh, spending at four and a half, four four and a half percent, and we're getting a guaranteed five, five and a half, and some fixed income vehicles backing off that 60-40 to maybe a 50-50 or even 40 equities, 60 fixed income, if you have the monies there, uh, makes sense at this
0: juncture. Okay, guys, that was great. And um, if you'd like to submit a question to our email address, which is question at com, and we'll be back next week.